Welcome everybody, uh, this is going to be Colibers Club, this is uh, the first episode, I'm here, Cesar Alberca, with Ben and Fabien. Uh, hello, how are you guys? Hey! <laughs> really good, thank you, and happy to be to the first episode of Colibers Club. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, it's, it's, I mean, it's an honor to be able to, to share this space with you. Uh, I met you recently, quite recently, during this summer at uh, a new project uh, that you guys are starting uh, called Alpines, maybe? <laughs> yeah, we make people work, especially you guys, when you came <laughs> over the summer. So yeah, we, we just uh, we opened the co-living space uh, September 1st. Yeah, because Alpines is a co-living. Yeah? It's a co-living. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, thanks to people like you guys, we got an amazing summer full of renovations and like bringing this old hotel back to life. Uh, we're located in the Swiss Alps, and um, we just freshly opened now and have our first call ever in the house. <laughs> nice, yeah. I've been there. It's an amazing space, and uh, you guys have a lot of cool ideas. So I can't wait to go back there. Um, but maybe at first, uh, a little bit more introduction or more uh, information about yourselves. Uh, can you give us uh, some some details about who are you? <laughs> ah, so we were uh, well, Fabian and Ben, a couple of backpacker first. So we like a long time ago, almost eh? nine years ago, we did a backpacking trip around the world for uh, 19 months. And that's where everything kind of started for us, because before we were either in the academia or in the co corporate world. And after this uh, backpacking trip we did, we kind of ditched our old uh, lifestyle and started to have a, a more uh, nomadic kind of lifestyle. And uh, and yes, yeah, since uh, since then, we, we traveled a bit around the world, work at the same time. We have uh, our own travel blog. We built it websites. Now we also write hiking guides and everything. And uh, every all of this remotely while, oh, nope. there is another countdown. Yeah, I think it's for a squat shot or like a screenshot. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm just trying new things. Okay, we, we First have episode, to let's remind people. <laughs> uh, okay, cool. We can share. <laughs> okay, we can edit this in post-production. <laughs> So, sorry, yeah, you were saying uh, that you have a, a, a nomad, uh, well, a blog about uh, hiking and, and, and things like this. Yes, exactly. And we were working remotely for quite a few years. And back in 2018, I think, we stumbled across our first co-living. And, and when I say stumble, it's really like by accident because we were like, as usual, like in Airbnb, we had shitty Wi-Fi, we had bad like work conditions, and we we're looking for a co-working. And we ended up, it wasn't Tenerife, and we ended yeah. up going to Nine Co-Living, which I think yeah. you know as well. Which, coincidentally, I also helped from model. Uh, so, You're just remodeling yeah. co-livings, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love painting and yeah. <laughs> setting floors. Uh, <laughs> we can talk about that <laughs> later. <laughs> Still have nightmares about it. <laughs> But actually, we like we ended up at Nine Co Living when it opened in 2018. So it was also the very beginning. And uh, so how we started there, we also volunteered for a month, and then we ended up staying five because we loved it so much. It was uh, like a big, uh, uh, like a mind blowing yeah. experience for us. And uh, it's like this way of of being able to work, meeting all these like minded people at the same time, and uh, having all these cool experiences. So it kind of filled all the gap we had in our lifestyle before. And uh, since then, we started like to 
and it's a funny story actually because when we were at Nine Clothing in the very beginning, like most backpackers, when we were traveling, we were like every time we were in a hostel, we we're like, oh, one day we'll open a hostel. You know, every yeah. backpacker has this at some point. And when we arrived at Nine, we were sitting on the terrace of the. They have an amazing rooftop there, and we were sitting on this rooftop having a glass of wine, and we were like. No, 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 screw the hostel. We'll open a co-living at some point. But this was more like of a joke of like people having a glass of wine, but it was like, you know, like talking about it because we loved it just so much, like this whole like, experience yeah. of but, but you, we... you made your dream come true, right? You open yeah. a co-living in a hostel, right? Uh, so kind of yeah. both. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Nice. So you've been uh, like in this kind of world like for a long, long, long time, right? Um, and my question is, when it made sense for you to start a co-living? When did you start taking it seriously? Wow. I think it's probably like two, three years ago, we started like to will, like we wanted to do something else, like something more than our trial blog. And we're kind of like, you know, COVID crisis, like this whole thing, like, like trying to question what are we doing? What's the purpose of what we're doing? And then all of a sudden it started like to be like to come a bit more up in our heads, like, oh, this could be something. And then we ended up going to um, to Anseu. Yeah, in we spent yeah actually we spent seven months uh, mm -hmm. over two years in Anseu and uh, yeah I totally recommend everyone that listen to this podcast to go there because they 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 do an amazing job of of uh, of br like bringing the gap between the co-living space and the local community. Mm. And so they, they're located in a very remote and small village of Galicia. And uh, what they managed to do there is really amazing. So they created lots of projects to work between co-livers and local people. They do coding uh, schools yeah. for young children. They do a lot of very yeah. different thingies. This was something we were missing a bit in the co-living world. Like co-living have this reputation of being like little bubbles for mm -hmm. expats or for remote workers. And you don't really integrate with the local population. And when we arrived to Anseo, it was kind of like a game changer for us because we we're like, wow, actually it can be also different. It can have like a real local impact. And I think this is like little kick we needed to, to do it ourselves and have like maybe this also this approach of trying to do something which have, like adds some value also to where you do it? Yeah, because remote work allows uh, as many possibilities, allows uh, also would allow like these kind of remote villages to 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 be redynamized, to revive in kind of uh, in many ways. And uh, we hadn't seen like any kind of this project uh, actually doing this kind of stuff in remote villages before. And what we experienced there was like really a yeah, kind of life-changing experience. And to see these guys mm -hmm. doing this, I was like, yeah, okay. We have this, this, actually the same problems in Switzerland in those remote villages in the mountains. And why could we then could we then do it in uh, in our place, like in our country, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like an extended problem. Also in Spain, where I'm from, uh, it happens. There's, there's these villages that they are slowly dying, and remote uh, work is a great uh, possibility for these places to to have a life again, right? Um, and as you said, create a positive impact, which I think is, is very important. Um, so when you started thinking about or playing with the idea, um, and then you said, okay, let's do this, no? How do you start, you know? Because I guess other uh -huh. listeners uh, who maybe happen to be colivers or nomads, uh, they also fantasized with the idea of creating their own coliving. What would you say to them, no? Like, how, how did you start? I, I think, I, and I'm not sure it's the same for everybody and everywhere, but I think people might be wondering as well, like money, money is a big thing. And uh, like, I, I think it's where we started actually is like, okay, trying to assess like, okay, what's our budget? 
up to which point can we go and where can we find support or like investors or banks or like we tried to sort this part out first because we didn't want to be disappointed by going you know crazy visiting properties and then just having like oh no this is not even possible mm -hmm. because the budget also like uh, uh, also kind of had an influence on the location for example because for us our first destination was Switzerland but Switzerland is expensive so we had to figure out our budget to know what we could afford and then start looking for places and see if it would even be possible to to open something in Switzerland in a, in, in a place that would make sense for our project because actually at the beginning we're looking for many different places we had also like france in mind italy in mind because it's cheaper there but also we're swiss we know the swiss system our families and friends are here and, and uh, it's a beautiful country yeah, <laughs> yeah. we like it, oh, man. Like it, it, it when i first visited i thought okay it must be fake someone designed this on purpose like oh i'm a little tree here Oh, let's put a waterfall by the road, you know. <laughs> I, I remember going to the supermarket and thinking, I'm in the middle of uh, the Lord of the Rings, you know. Like, <laughs> it feels like this, yeah, sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I get why you chose Switzerland. Uh, so many so we fight that fought actually really hard to, to be able to do this in Switzerland. But yeah, uh, Definitely, the first thing was to figure out our budget, how we could uh, uh, have maybe some support from the municipality, from the region, or from other associations that would support uh, our project. Because also we tried to like put forward like uh, the kind of impact we could have uh, in the municipality where yeah. we would go. So, so in that sense, we would like also like try to find some support in different places, you know. Yeah, we maybe had an approach which was a bit different compared to other co-living owners, or at least from what we know, is that instead of like just looking at properties, first we were actually meeting with the mayors and um, like a responsible of the tourist office from different villages we were considering, That's because we smart. we just wanted to a make sure that our project would be welcome, and also that we could have like some potential for working together because we really want to have like some like like synergies happening with the municipality. And so we didn't just want to buy something somewhere and then realize six months later, ah, like these people don't give a about us being here. So for us, it was also like this time was also dedicated to meeting people and getting feedback as well. Because when you pitch the project of like, we want to open a co-living in your village, some uh, mayors, they go like, okay, this is going to be a bunch of weird guys. Then they dance yeah. naked around the fire. Hippies, I don't know what's going to happen. Like <laughs> sacrificing goats every other Sunday. Yeah, exactly. Typical, typical stuff. So, <laughs> It's also the good like occasion to like challenge a bit your uh, the concept and present it and get used to pitch as well your ideas mm -hmm. and uh, it was actually really interesting to get to confront our ideas and also to talk about the needs that specific villages have because not every village has the same problem so it was a mm -hmm. very interesting time as well yeah I'm also wondering how would you explain to someone who hasn't heard the term co-living what it is yeah. It took a bit of time like uh, well actually the first thing we did is a very detailed dossier or like uh, about what about the project and what we were doing and uh, so before we even started talking about the topic we would contact people and send them this to that and make sure that they read it before because uh, that explained in detail what's a co-living what kind of people are going to these places because yeah there is a lot of education to be made and uh and if uh we we we, we had to explain it very clearly to the people we were talking to for sure mm -hmm. hmm. and uh i'm also wondering what are the hurdles or the the things that you didn't expect uh, that would be a problem when opening a co-living 
that actually became a problem, you know? Um, I don't know if you had any, apart from laying floors. <laughs> this was a big nightmare, one. <laughs> guys. Like, Thank God we had you, huh? but no. Yeah, I know. Well, still, like, <laughs> I made so many mistakes, I remember. It's so difficult, you know? It, it seems yeah, a simple task, you know? Put some wooden things on the floor, cut it, but oh my God, huh? Yeah, yeah, all this engineer helping us and it's still not perfect, the result. <laughs> eh? <laughs> no, I think a challenge which is strictly related to the co-living market is still like it's a very new thing. So like whenever you have to deal with taxes, regulations, uh, fire safety, anything, people don't know where to place you. We're not a hotel. We're not a private home. We're like, people just don't know what to do with us. And whenever, like it's the same for the banks and but also like for municipalities. And like we, very often we were confronted with a situation where we would explain the project and people would be like, oh, but you get, you need a license for hotels. Oh, wait, actually not really a hotel. Oh, I don't know. And so everyone is kind of tossing your file around and no one really knows what to do with you. And you kind of lose a lot of time with people trying to figure out where to put you. Even to find, try to find support, for example, mm -hmm. for the project, because our project made a lot of, make a lot of sense, you know, like uh, uh, to, to have a positive impact in such a small village. But uh, as we are not a hotel, as we are not like really a uh, long-term residency as well. So our, our project doesn't fit in any case and uh and in yell we we didn't we did huh? switzerland has some programs to help like yeah. touristic development mm -hmm. and then they were like oh this is amazing your project but well it turns out actually your stays are too long so you're not really considered as tourism and then we're like oh okay but then they also have like some uh, funds for people who decide to settle in mountain villages like you help them you know settle oh, okay. no one wants to live there and we're like oh great so we'll maybe apply for these funds and there the guys were like Hmm. Actually, people don't stay long enough to be able to apply for these kind of funds in your case. So we were just like, you know, in between cases and no one knew what to do. with. Everyone was happy about our project, but no one knew what to do. Yeah. With us. So, yeah, that was the main issue, I would yeah. say. Yeah, Yeah, because normally we see that for uh, nomads, also mm -hmm. they're kind of like in between, yeah. uh, you know, uh, the, the law, let's say, uh, gray areas. Because the the world is not prepared for us, you know. No. We are prepared for the world, but the world <laughs> is not prepared for us. So it's 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 interesting that also when opening a co-living, uh, there's still these hurdles, no, and and obstacles. Yeah. Okay. And how is the remodeling going? Uh, because since you started um, like not long ago, ago, uh, yeah, tell us about the story about where you are and how. Um, yeah, this hostel that was, see, I heard, like, very, very, like, old and it was not uh, open for a long time that you, you saw this opportunity to make it a co-living. But I, th I, th I think that there was, like, some work to do, no, in, in this area. <laughs> there were quite a lot of... But, I mean, honestly, you would have asked us yesterday, I would have told you we're done. And now you see me covered in paint and you're like, this doesn't look done. But it's just like we, we received some fire doors that we had to have and they were installed mm. like a bit late, so we had to do some painting. But actually now I think we're kind of done with like the major renovations. Yeah, but uh, like, uh, as you said, like the, the building where that we bought for the co-living uh, was a former hotel and uh, was closed for 12 years. So, and like the former owner was living in it, but didn't open the hotel for that many years. So there was a lot of work to be done because everything was kind of working, but there was dust everywhere. Lots of stuff we need to sort out. Not, not also lots of stuff we needed to refresh, obviously. I mean, the last 
cover coat of paint was 1969 and that was the last oh, yeah. renovations ever of this whole house so yeah it was in need of some love let's say <laughs> yeah so we what we ended up doing is like as we are just the two of us we were like saying maybe we can try to invite some uh, some remote workers and nomad from our network uh, the whole summer to help us renovate the building and they would say for free and they would help us a little bit in the renovations and that's how we met and that's how, what happened in the last summer and uh, yeah so we were like up to 14 people uh, during the summer for renovating the place and I have to say that we without the help of all these different remote workers that came to help us we would have never made it to no. to the <laughs> deadline of the 1st of September no, that no. we had fixed fixed us uh, to open the co-living but uh, yeah, it was a very interesting experience of uh, kind of co-renovation and co-creation uh, was hard <laughs> at times was a bit uh, yeah intense but uh, it was a very very cool experience and we learned a lot mm. Yeah, specifically the pull-up challenge, no? Uh, we, <laughs> yeah, we, we were not doing enough exercise, we had to yeah. add some stuff, eh? Oh. When you're done plastering, you can pull up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah because you also guys have a lot of ideas uh, sports-related, no? Uh, I heard something about climbing or, or something like this. Uh, <laughs> I mean, in our area, we have like uh, 4,000 meter mountains around the co-living, so basically hiking, climbing, uh, Via Ferrata and all these nice outdoor activities are just next door. So when we have free time, we just love to explore our region and to learn more about our region. That's also part of our job, kind of to explore the region and like show show it to the people that come to visit us. And uh, I mean, we have such a, a beautiful nature nature destination that uh, I think would be a, a a waste not to explore it deeply and to <laughs> to show it to people. You know. <laughs> Hmm. Yeah, and I also see that you installed a swing and... Uh, <laughs> but the swing has been made with climbing ropes and uh, ah, like the bolts and everything, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's the cool idea. Marta, the designer, eh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we can put a lot of the links that uh, we mentioned about uh, other co-livings and uh, your blog, no? Uh, Novo Monde, maybe yeah. I'm pronouncing it correctly. No, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Little promotion, you know? <laughs> Uh, we can put it in the description or whatever we can, so people can can visit it if they if they want to. Um, yeah, I'm also seeing on, on on some of your social networks that you have a lot of uh, little things, no? That, that that I think is so cool, no? For example, you have these uh, uh, goggles of uh, virtual reality. Uh, you have a barbecue, of course, no? Uh, and all of these things that that you know, are little things that provide, I think, some value not to the Colibin. But what do you think makes your, your Colibin unique? Well, I mean, I think, I, I don't know, unique. I think the uniqueness comes from the location, but maybe also from the fact that we are both like really, really fond of this lifestyle and we live on the spot. And I think we really try to work on the community side a lot. So for example, we have family dinner every night during the week which is maybe a bit different than other co-livings, but we just enjoy this moment of like sitting together and getting to know the people you're living with. Plus you just cook once a week. Yeah. That's the best. <laughs> That's the best. <laughs> yeah. Uh, at first, when I uh, when you guys told us the, this idea, uh, I was like, okay, maybe it's interesting uh, or maybe it's too much, but in the end, I loved it. I think it was one of the the coolest things that you get every night a different kind of meal from different people from different parts of the world yeah. and you get to sit together and, and engage with other, with other people so so yeah 
I think uh, it's a great idea, no? Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, we stole it from other co-living. It's not our idea, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but no, uh, but for sure, uh, it's uh, it's. I think it's important. Like uh, co-living is all about the people that are in the house and uh, how we interact with each other. We get to know each other, and uh, people that come to co-living spaces are not just looking for a place where they can work from or like just to go outdoor for the actor outdoor activities. Of course, they come for that as well, but mainly they come to meet new people to interact with new people to make new friends and uh, that's also our role to to facilitate these interactions and i think eating together in the evening is just super nice you know and it's important also like to to go a bit slower to take the time to even though i mean i don't think we're the slowest people ever eh? but uh, <laughs> but it's important like to to take some time to relax in the evening to to share with, uh, sometimes with the other people in the house because we all have our different schedules we all have our jobs and uh and if we get caught into this we don't even talk to each other even though we we we, we live in the same house so for for me it's important that to provide like the this uh, system where people actually take some time to talk to each other to get to know each other and to create good memories together nice and uh, fabian apart from the family dinner what other things you think uh, also the location no um Make yeah, your co-living unique or adds value to the people. I, I think the uniqueness also comes from the type of place where it's located. It's a, we're in a like little remote village with 300 inhabitants, but we're still in the middle of like incredible nature. And I think both of us are very keen uh, adventurers and like we don't share the same like Nestle passion. Ben is more like the Via Ferrata and like uh, <laughs> harder stuff i know more about this picnic spots and the, the river walks but we, we also truly enjoy sharing like spots and stuff and i think there is not a single week where there is not at least two or three outings organized by us just because we also like love it so like we're just nature enthusiasts and i think this is maybe a bit special because we are uh, quite a lot involved in this but it's because it's what we like to do as well but also like we have to say like our co-living is is super new so we just <laughs> opened so uh there are many things we we li we'd like to do so as we were talking before like the the part where we try to to mix co-livers with local people and to have projects together and uh and all these things we need to work on and uh if we manage to do this i think it's going to make the place special as well because uh co-live i think digital nomad or remote workers in general they want to uh, also want to have an impact to do some meaningful stuff when they travel, you know, and if we can provide that to people, so like project where they can get involved to meet new people, local people and get to know the culture and everything. Um, that would be great because it gives a lot of more purpose in what we do and would also give this purpose to the, the co-liver that come to visit us, you know, so that would be a, a long term goal for us for sure. Yeah, it also includes uh, getting beat by local people at a at a crossing competition uh, <laughs> in the International <laughs> Swiss Day. You, you know that the, our nightmare girl, the one who beat us all, yeah. she's actually the electrician, and she came the other day in the house no. to fix some stuff, and oh, she man, walked up to us and being like. I kicked your ass at the at the arm wrestling. I'm like, mm -hmm, yeah. I didn't dare ask too much stuff to her. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's the thing about uh, slow traveling, no? Like when you go to a co-living, people tend to stand uh, to stay longer periods of time, and you will never find yourself in these kind of situations if you were not to stay, uh, like for a few weeks or months, no? Uh, yeah. So I think that's a very cool idea as well, no? The mingle with the local people and find 
projects together no um, yeah i cannot wait to see uh, what you guys are up to in the in the next months or years right we'll also, see how you go with that yeah now that the winter is coming <laughs> uh i heard uh, this area is very good for skiing uh, any any ideas towards this area I mean, skiing is one part, but I think winter is not only skiing. There is lots of other here. It's also very good for cross-country skiing, which I have never done, but I will start doing here. Uh, snowshoeing, ski touring. Um, ice climbing. Ice climbing. Oh, yeah. man, that's... Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, we have a guy in the house, Austris, who's like, uh, like uh, he's staying for the winter as well. And he's already super excited about all the ice climbing routes. So we might get into ice climbing thanks to him, I guess. Yeah, yeah. regards to Austria as well. Uh, yeah. It was very nice meeting him in uh, when I was in in your colleague. <laughs> well, and also like the one of the nice thing of as you were saying, staying longer in a place uh, in winter, for example, is just like you don't feel uh, the pressure to go skiing every day or to even if the weather is shit, you know, or because you just have one week. So here, if you stay a month or two in winter, just go skiing the the good days. You work when when the weather is not as good, or if you're tired to go skiing, I don't know. <laughs> but basically, you you don't have the same pressure and that's kind of nice to be located exactly uh, in the ski station, like uh, surrounded by slopes or ski touring areas. So yeah. you just, yeah, go for it when the weather is nice. The rest of the time you work on your project or you socialize with other colleagues. So yeah, definitely a good, uh, good way of enjoying winter in Switzerland. Nice. Yeah. I mean, uh, for me, I tend to look the, for the hotter areas, but yeah, I Nobody's like skiing, perfect, so right? let's see, let's see. <laughs> I tried, I tried to convince you to come back in winter, but yeah, I think it would be <laughs> by the temperatures. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a bit cold in our place, yeah, minus 15 sometimes, huh? <laughs> oh, well, that's doable. Hey, what, you mean Celsius, Fahrenheit? Uh... <laughs> Celsius. <laughs> oh, no. Well, I don't know, actually, Fahrenheit, minus 15 is uh, <laughs> colder or no. Well, I think it's colder, no, no. Okay, and um, one of the key questions, of the key things when opening a colleague, you mentioned it was uh, money, right? So, how did you get the funds uh, to, to start a colleague? Did you have a long term plan or just savings, or what was your idea uh, behind getting uh, funds? I think it's a bit of everything, yeah? It's a mix. So, we had savings for sure. Uh, we also owned an apartment that we sold for the project. But we also had to find a bank that would follow us in the project. We, we so. have a big mortgage. It's not like the place is not ours. We have a big loan yeah. on the house. So, but altogether, uh, that's how we made it happen. So yeah, savings for sure, because we lived like backpackers in the last 10 years. So um, like we had like uh, some good savings on the sites and uh, selling an, uh, selling our apartment in Switzerland was like also a big part of the budget. And, and then for the rest, the bank, which was difficult to convince mm -hmm. because uh, co-living space is a new pro type of project. They don't have anything to compare it to, you know, because they don't know how it works, the business model and everything. Many but, banks rejected us. Yeah. To be but uh, I think like the bank that uh, followed us in the project, they could see the potential, also the potential of the impact we could have in this village. 
And uh, it's kind of a special bank in Switzerland because it's called the Alternative Bank Switzerland, oh, <laughs> which okay. is a bit weird, like uh, for uh, Switzerland, you know. <laughs> but oh, no. uh, and they 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 tend to to follow this kind of project, so we're super happy. We we we've been uh, able to find a partner like this, so mm -hmm. it helps a lot because they don't ask many more questions now, and they just follow us in the project. Mm -hmm. Of course, we have to pay the interest, but uh, hey. Yeah. <laughs> and what was the main reason why banks rejected you? It's just the like now they were saying like it's uncertain times and it's a time like I mean it's just not like Credit Suisse you know went down and like the, for banks it's like a kind of a risky time and in time in risky times banks they do not take on projects which don't have uh, track of record and mm. I'm like well great but so how are we supposed to have track of record in Switzerland for a co-living project because we were showing them like also numbers from other co-livings and they were like well this is not applicable because they're in Spain they're in France they're in Italy. And we're like, well, there is none in Switzerland, which is like owned by the owners. And like, well, yeah. And so <laughs> it's just too risky for them. Yeah, they asked many things. Like they wanted us to make some assessment by third parties and stuff like that. and to Which spend... cost 10,000 bucks a piece. And mm. uh, yeah. we were like, yeah. I mean, we almost gave up. But in the end, there were like still two banks that would yeah. have followed us. And uh, one of these was this uh, bank that we already used before because we liked their ethics and everything. So we just decided to go with them. And uh, so it turned out well, but it was not so easy. <laughs> oh, okay. And yeah, it's also uh, interesting that people will deem this as a risky business when it's so international that people come from every part of the world, right? Uh, and nomads, they need to live somewhere, right? So yeah, I wouldn't but... say it's a, like, a risky business. Of course, you have to have the, the, the guests, no? Yeah. But since you guys have invested a lot of time in building a community with your, with your blog, right? Mm -hmm. um, I think it, it's a missed opportunity by them, no? Well, that's let's prove uh, them. Let's prove them. Of course, uh, that's what we you... try to prove them. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's... But uh, it's just like co-living is still a very niche market, you know, and people don't know about it. So you need to educate people about this topic uh, a lot, and uh, people are not there yet. And I think they need to they need to compare with something. And so usually the banks they would compare us to opening a hotel. Which in a village like where we are, which is pretty remote, there is already enough hotels. It's a the, very average, good idea. the average occupancy rate of a hotel is maybe 20% over the year, like 15%, because they're just empty. Because see, people come like in winter and in, like in summer for hiking. But other than that, I mean, in October, there is no one in the hotels. And funny enough, now our bookings for October, for example, we're, we're full. Nice. And I think we're probably going to be the only public building, so to say, which has guests, which will be full in October because in October all the hotels are empty. But when the banks were looking at the numbers, they were like, who on earth would like want to go to Les Odeurs like in November? Like, who, yeah. who would be crazy enough to book a month there? It's like the, the concept is totally different. So there is, yeah, there was a lot of it, education to be made for sure. And uh, yeah, we kind of proved the point now because as Fabian said, we're full in October. We're almost full for the whole winter already. So that uh, pro proves the point that there is a need for that, that people are ready to come in remote destination and even better for digital nomads, I think, and remote workers to come to this kind of destination mm -hmm. because that's what makes our place special you know and uh, and also like the the soul and the ethics we put in the project is what convinced people to come here and uh yeah uh but uh, tell that to a bank <laughs> but yeah. that's something i was thinking as well like we struggled so much because like no one had paved the road before and so i think 
for me now, it's something which is very clear. If someone is listening and is planning to open a space in Switzerland, we'll be very open to sharing as well our numbers and stuff. Like, I mean, we're even thinking about maybe how to publish this somewhere where it's like, you know, it can be used by people and also by other banks and stuff just to, you know, show track of record of like how it went and how the numbers actually really look like, because it's, it's hard to imagine. And I think it's, it's one of our biggest hurdles we had is to, I mean, we still have to see how it's going exactly. to, we have to, to be we need a bit more time, but, uh, but uh it's a good start. Yeah, for sure. And uh, it's also, um, for me, in the future, it makes sense this kind of like uh, lifestyle or at least a lifestyle where you actually know your neighbors. No, I, I lived in the city and had so many neighbors, but we didn't do anything together. And there was so much room for, for doing things together. But also because cities, the way they are built, uh, there's not really like common spaces in, in buildings to you know gather or, or do things you know and and nowadays where like people really feel lonely and, and and alone i think this this is also makes much more sense no to to kind of fight against that also it's a great opportunity to learn so many things and interact with so many different people and cultures um, i agree yeah it's like it's interesting because like we're social kind of animal well we're social animals and we end up being so lonely in big cities and stuff mm. and for example i'm not the most social person but i still need to be social because <laughs> it's like for me it's a it's, it's very interesting and i love to to be with people as well but i i also need my me time but uh, i find this kind of balance in co-living spaces so for sure but yeah in city it's crazy how many people are so lonely like this and uh, here we are in a remote village we have these 15 remote workers in the house and we we do all these crazy things it's kind of cool yeah and how do you see the future fabian of co-livings do you think it will be like something more mainstream or it will yeah. still be something more alternative no, I think it will develop because I think more and more people will be allowed to do like uh, remote work. Um, I think destination co-living, like, you know, like this kind of like uh, where people would typically go to on holiday, I think it will develop. There will be more and more. I think for now there is, we've not reached yet the point where you would say there is a market saturation or anything. <laughs> Might happen someday, but I think we're so far from it because... Uh, yeah, it's just something that people enjoy more and more to go, you know, surf somewhere and then ski somewhere and hike somewhere else and just move around. People are more flexible. And I also think it's just like you can feel the impact on people's soul kind of like it feels very regenerating to be in a co-living because you're surrounded by so many nice people. You live life experiences, nice, nice experiences with others. You share great moments. And I think most people, when they live, they feel like, ah, oh, I will be back. And yeah. Uh, it's funny our our winter season Ben was mentioning before it's like com like fully it's fully booked for January February I would say 50% are returnees and we opened one month ago but it's people <laughs> from this summer and from the September who already booked the spots for uh, January that's, February that's just a great signal no of how you yeah. guys are doing if people are willing to come back no <laughs> yeah it's great I'm super happy and actually that's also a point I wanted to mention I think yeah as Fabian was talking about market saturation or whatever, but uh, it's also about like, I think, I feel like the all these uh, successful co-living we know, like Nine or Anseu or these different places, it's also uh, like the soul and the, 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 you know, the energy they put it into it to create the community that makes it special. Because even though, I don't know, the place is not perfect, 
people don't care. What they care about is like what uh, how they feel about when they are on the spot, the people they meet, the thing they do there. And uh, I think that's the key. And uh, and uh, it takes a lot of time and effort to to build this kind of places and i don't feel i don't think it's like uh, any investor can come and try no. to make a big chain of co-living space and to saturate yeah. the market like this so no, for me it's me more that, about like yeah the people eh? yeah so, to yeah. me that's clear that uh, i don't know if particularly the owner but someone needs to be there and, and and provide an environment where people feel like they can make plans together or, or do things together, right? Facilitate um, the relationships. Because also yeah. when people arrive, you have like extroverts. Usually these people, they arrive mm -hmm. in a place and after one day they are best friends with everybody. <laughs> no, yeah. Uh, but then you also have more introvert people that need a little bit like of a kick and you need people that say like, okay, let's cook together or let's like go on a hike. And I think this is a, like, yeah, you need facilitators that just make sure everyone feels comfortable and at home. And uh, yeah. Yeah, it's not like, just a hotel. It's yeah, not more right? than that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I feel like there's a lot of co-livings, uh, yeah. quote unquote, where you know it's like a residency or like mm -hmm. something like this, where you go, okay, you share common spaces, but you it's don't trendy. really know them. No, um, I, I I read this uh, blog post. I will put it there in the description where it said that there's a co-living. Um, um, number no or like a, a let's say a, a grade no mm -hmm. uh, based on if the owners know everyone's names no yeah <laughs> i saw that but i was like in what world wouldn't i know the names of people like i mean like seriously like i, I can tell you all the names of the people who've stayed here since uh, we, we arrived in april like uh, to yeah, me because the... you guys live there right yeah, you are of part of the day and and i think that's important also there's like some uh um common uh, like uh, common activities you know so there's organized common activities in your case every day because you have like the every night the the the, the family dinner uh but yeah i think that's also important right that yeah you let people i think organize themselves but i think it's good to provide like some kind of framework no because as you said of course there's people who might be more extrovert who, who might be more introvert so you need to kind of like provide value for both of these types of people. No? Yeah. I think as a long-term plan for us, of course, I mean, it's, I can see it like in many, like uh, over the years that can be, for example, uh, a challenge for us as a couple or for our personal life to always be here. So of course, I'm sure there is a way to find someone who can take this role as well, you know, but there <laughs> needs to be someone who facilitate these, yeah. uh, these, uh, these exchanges for sure. And, uh, I hope we can find the right people and uh, to, yeah, but... We're not leaving, leaving. No, no, uh, no, we no, might no. just go traveling for a month. So it's but, like... Yeah, right. <laughs> but I think it's good to have these things in mind, you yeah. know, because uh, as, uh, I mean, we're like uh, everybody. We need vacations. We need times for ourselves and uh, we need to find the right balance for sure. So that's something we have in mind somehow. Now we put all our energy into the co-living, but uh, we can't do it for 10 years. You know? I, I think if someone is considering opening a co-living, I think the person has to be very, like, we were conscious about it, but we still took quite a big hit is about how much commitment this implies of like, in terms of energy and like renovating the place was also physical energy. I have never been as tired in my life than, than during the summer, but also mental energy. Like in the, in the morning, actually we're up at seven, eight 
and until 10, 11 p.m., we're always like, you know, like active socially. It's like a, I was I was laughing the other day because we have like a little apartment and we have a TV. And we've never been big TV people, but we moved in in April and our TV is still not connected to the Wi-Fi. <laughs> this is to tell you like how actually demanding or like how involved the things get. But like, yeah, we just don't get really much of like, you know, time. Yeah. We will oh. get eventually, but it is demanding. It's like, we're not going to lie. It's not like some... So that's actually probably you will interview other people that have systems for this kind yep. of stuff. But we are just at the beginning of the adventure. So for the moment, we invest all our time and energy into it. But uh, for sure, we need to find the systems for like to find some space for ourselves. Yeah, it also makes sense to kind of prove that the co-living works on its own. Uh, mm -hmm. So so yeah, I think it's, it's, a, it's a healthy and smart move to, to at least at some point consider detaching yourself a little bit, no? From, little bit. from the co-living. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, but I think you guys are still like in very early, early phases, no? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so yeah, it has been a tremendous pleasure uh, to share this time with you both. Um, any other things you might want to promote in this last section of the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> we talked about Novo Monde, we talked about Alpines. <laughs> I think there's some books you've written, um, which <laughs> I think are very interesting if people want to check them out. I think so they have to do with the beer and, and hiking. Can you explain yeah. more about it? We combine um, artisanal breweries and hiking uh, trails. So we create uh, hiking itineraries that finish in craft breweries, but yeah. it's mainly in French. So like, yeah. you have to be very fond of beer and hiking if you want to... And it's them. this order, guys. Hiking and then beers. Not the yes. other way around, because it's not... No, uh, no, no, no. doesn't work that way. No, no, no. <laughs> But okay. no, we don't need to promote anything else. We're, <laughs> very, okay. we're very happy that we could be the guests of this yeah. first episode. And I uh, can't wait to hear the next ones. And uh, yeah. okay. wishing you all the best for this uh, yeah. project. Ah, yeah. Thank you. To you Thank guys you. and MapMelon community and everything. It's really cool to have you in the sphere. Yes. Thank you so much. Okay. So see you guys. See you. Bye.